Hello and welcome to another episode of A Kick in the Balls. I'm Clem Crozier and with me as always are Kieran Rob. Hello. Afternoon. So we'll be talking about all the week's games again. And we've got some Premier League games to get us started. I suppose uh, maybe not the best place for me to start, but um, a good place to start would be Man City versus Liverpool. It's not a day I'm looking to remember fondly, but has to be looked at either way. Um, Man City, of course, did win that one by five. Uh it's got to be a controversial red card to bring up first. Anyone want to, to weigh in on that one? Yeah, well, maybe we'll start with the positives for Liverpool first, as there weren't too many of them. It shouldn't take us too long. Can, can you list even one? To be well, before the sending off, they were getting a lot of joy down yep, that uh, City's left flank. Mm-hmm. The, they were look, they looked very exposed, uh, obviously, when Otamendi got booked very early on. He was facing 85 minutes as a centre-half on a yellow card. Not a proposition any player wants to face. So, and... I think the problem with Salah is he's obviously got a lot of pace. He's got great ability on the ball. His final ball often lets him down and he needs a lot of chances to score. Obviously, if you look at statistics in Italy, his his goal tally is good and a lot of time he, he'll get enough chances. But there will be weeks where maybe uh, teams to sit deep and he doesn't get those and he just needs to be a little bit more clinical, I think. Well, I think at the 11 minutes for each side, it was a fairly evenly matched game. Liverpool were still one down when the red card happened, so we're not going to try and twist it and say that you know Liverpool were winning that game or anything because they were right a goal behind. But it was a fairly well-contested game before that. And uh, what are you saying about um, Salah? It, personally, I would say that it's not so much like finishing down his technique. I think he's just greedy. Like you saw there was a, a shot he had when he was quite a wide angle at the near post. You know, He just wasn't going to beat the keeper from there and it was stupid not to pull the ball back. I think it's his decision-making rather than the actual technique behind his finishing that needs to improve. I think there's probably an element of both. Uh, yeah, I think at 1-0 with 11 men uh, on the pitch for Liverpool, I think it had been a brave man to predict how that game was going to go. I think the worry for Klopp and for Liverpool will be just how completely they capitulated when they went down to uh, 10 men. Obviously, we knew there were question marks about City def- or about Liverpool defensively, and City obviously decided they are going to expose those uh when Liverpool were down to 10 men, they obviously didn't spend as much time on the ball, They didn't, so therefore they weren't able to attack as the best form of defence, which has generally been their tactics for a good few years now. Yeah, what you're saying about uh, Salah there, I mean, he had that really great chance on his left foot, uh, and he just put it straight into the keeper. You know, it was a pretty simple save in the end for the goalkeeper. I mean, that's the kind of chance where you're thinking, when you've seen some of the goals that he has scored already, you're thinking that one, he's going to score that as well. But then... Then came the red card, and we should probably put a time limit on that because we could talk about this all afternoon, I think. Okay, so we could go on about the red card for most of the day and break down the rules and all that, but uh, make it short, uh, which way are you going to call it? For me, I think it's a difficult call, but for me, I think obviously there's an element of the referee's discretion. You can say what you like about the injured play, but the fact that Matt Ritchie got a yellow card the next day from Newcastle for a very similar challenge... I think shows that there, there's no hard and fast right and wrong decision. Personally, I think the angle that showed it best was from uh, behind uh, Ederson, where you can see that Mane is, is purely for the ball. I think every striker goes for that ball in that position. And I think, unfortunately, Ederson has obviously been injured. Thankfully, it doesn't look to be too serious. Uh, I think a yellow card probably would have done. It was definitely a foul and. Yep, his foot was raised, but his intention was only ever to go for the ball. And I personally wouldn't have called it a red card. See, I would. I would have done just... I know it wasn't intentional, 
Well, well, there is obviously some sort of intent when your foot's that high in the air. I mean, his foot must have been seven feet in the air there. And he's he's clattered a goalkeeper, you know, and they're pretty big guys, you know, and he's absolutely flattened him. I, I can see... I, when I first saw the challenge, I didn't think much of it um, because, you know, the angle that it is. And I thought, oh, fair enough, they've just clashed or whatever. And then the keeper's down for ages and they showed it again. I thought, yeah, his foot's so high there. Yeah, he was looking for the ball, yeah, but... You know, just because it's not deliberate doesn't mean it's not reckless. Well, his foot was really high, I think Ederson did make an attempt to head the ball. So he was going down for that. I mean, he had to, though. Yeah, yeah he, he had to try to win the ball. He couldn't use hands the box. If, if you look, I mean, uh, Mane's 5'7", Ederson's 6'2". For Mane's foot to be at that height, Ederson does have to be dipping his head a bit. So he is... I think it's an all stamp by two yeah, players I mean, to play the ball. He, he does know the risk he's taking when he puts his head into a challenge. Like it is, you know, a risk you take as a goalkeeper that you you could get injured. I mean, obviously, it's never good to see a player taken off injured like that. But it you is do a risk sort of feel that take. arguably the result of the challenges might have been the difference between Matt Ritchie and Mane. Uh, obviously, in referee's thinking it shouldn't affect his decision, but the fact that uh, Alfie Mawson was able to get out of the way of Ritchie's boot, whereas Ederson wasn't, you wonder how much of that yeah, I think that influenced the referee's the, decision. I, I would say you probably. Probably right with that. But, you know, again, his foot was very high. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you see him given, sometimes you don't. I mean, a few years ago, I think, um, when when Ferguson was still at at uh, United, I forget who it was, it was either Valencia or somebody like that. They jumped in really high and booted someone in the chest, basically. And he got a straight red for that. And Ferguson was absolutely furious. He couldn't understand it. And you're thinking, well, he's just jumped into a challenge and karate kicked somebody practically you know it's violent conduct so i think like obviously we talked about the red card we talked about how poor liverpool were i think we have to give some credit to city obviously liverpool didn't offer up a whole lot of resistance but and in the first obviously in that first 20 minutes uh probably more than 20 minutes uh liverpool were exposing city's vulnerabilities at the back i think we all know the city of vulnerabilities at the back but uh in possession like they were very good i thought uh aguero had a great game obviously sane when he came off the bench de bruyne had a great game as well well for me where the game was always gonna be one was the midfield that's, that's two sides with very good attacking firepower two sides with you know potentially vulnerable defenses and the midfield was really was going to be contested and liverpool's didn't show up in the midfield battle at all well I think what's notable was that I don't think anyone would dispute that both teams play with uh, well three men midfield essentially Yeah, I don't think anyone would dispute that City's was a better midfield than mm-hmm. Liverpool's I thought it was very notable that when Liverpool were in possession they tried to get the ball wide as quickly as possible that was their, where their strengths was was their pace with Mane and Salah and it was working well for them but I just think that we uh, City did play well. Obviously, then we can talk about them. It was another good result from the Champions League to go to Feyenoord. Obviously, uh, Feyenoord not one of the elite clubs of Europe, but they're still Dutch champions. That's a place where United lost last year. So I think City have they've got themselves under a wee bit of a rule now after a slightly difficult start to the season. Obviously, dropping points home to Everton. So. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too keen on facing them next. You know, that's no. n- nine goals in two games, isn't yeah. it? So. Well, I'd have had a lot of trepidation. Um, about that that midfield trio that Liverpool have been using. I mean, even though it was quite effective against Arsenal, Arsenal really didn't turn up for their midfield battle in that game. But we've seen all too often that Wijnaldum and Shan defensively can just become so anonymous in the middle of a game, can just be caught out of position, and just whenever time there's a counter attack, just seem to be in the wrong place, just nowhere near the ball. 
and that leaves Henderson with a lot to do. And Henderson has got mistakes there. We've seen that before that Henderson can do everything right for you know 60, 70 minutes and then drop a bit of a clangor. Yeah, I think definitely the midfield doesn't offer enough protection to the defence and then doesn't clean up after the defence enough when the defence win first balls. So I do think it is a big weakness for Liverpool really at the minute. They don't have commanding midfield. Like if you look at the past, they had like of Alonso, Gerard Mascherano in that midfield. Didi Hamann. Didi Hamann going a wee bit further back. Like none of the players they have today really can hold a candle to those players. And obviously the defence is weaker as well than it was in the days of like of uh, Agar and Carragher, Hoopy, etc. So it makes you wonder what the transfer policy is, doesn't it? Because they've just had a transfer window and they haven't rectified that problem. I mean, we talked about it last time and probably mm-hmm. the time before. You know about the defensive. Yeah, and it's why, gonna, why not looking for someone to to help out Henderson? It's going to take more than one signing to do it. Like yeah, they, could, yeah, they were the talk was to bring in Van Dyke, and yeah, I'm sure Van Dyke would have improved things, but he wasn't going to fix things overnight. One man can't do that. If the tactics no. are bad, or if the players around them are bad, or a mixture of both, it's not going to it's well, not going to do it. So. If they do bring in another midfielder, you know, holding midfielder or whatever, then they're going to have to change system slightly, aren't they? Uh, well, they yeah, they, I suppose but, they could um, arguably go so to a drops. four-two-three-one, maybe as opposed yeah. to four-three-three. Especially with Coutinho coming back, you would think maybe. Henderson another holding midfielder with continue at 10 and then mm. Salah on the right Mane on the left and Mane's back from suspension well Naby Kate is set to come in but that's that's for next season I mean right now the problem is what we've got to work with at the moment and yeah they can't really say anyone in January at all so they really yeah. do have to work with what they've got at the minute mm-hmm. um, you got to look at uh, the left back position and wonder what is Andrew Roberts enough to do to get another game because he's only played the one got man of the match and immediately dropped and hasn't been back in since well he's must must have to be in contention for the next game he must be You'd really hope so. As well, I suppose as that's possibly we talk about uh, the left back position. Milner already played there last season. You'd wonder whether maybe adding Milner into that midfield might. Well, that, it, that, would, that would be the most sensible thing. At, at this it? stage, it would look like an option. Yeah. Like, certainly, I don't think Chandler Van Aldem or Neil Don starters. No. Uh, I suppose also we talk a wee bit about Man City having good result in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Liverpool, two points dropped essentially again because yeah. of their poor defending obviously Sevilla is like the last time Liverpool played Sevilla Sevilla won well mm-hmm. they're a good side but the, the position Liverpool were in the, mm-hmm. the goals they conceded I think they will consider that two points dropped at home especially it's not the worst results on paper I mean I draw with Sevilla is not the end of the world and that's probably the team that the Liverpool would look at in that group and say that's going to be the most difficult team they're going to have to play but even so if you look at uh the chances they did have, there was a penalty that could have put them too clear. Uh, it it is a uh, possibly could be looked at as, as two points dropped. Yeah, uh, I think the defending as well was really quite shocking at times. And then it, it almost could have been even worse at the end where uh, Muriel um, had had a chance really on and then put the ball wide. But I mean that that could have easily been a loss. Which yeah, you still fancy Liverpool to get through that group simply yeah, because absolutely. the other teams aren't well, all that strong. Marbor and Moscow aren't yeah. all that strong sides. You'd say Liverpool probably could take them quite comfortably. But they're ultimately why Liverpool defend as badly as that for me. I still, no matter how good they are in attack, still top four remains the height of their ambitions because they're not going to win a league. They're probably not going to win cups playing like that. So. Okay, we'll draw a line of that game and say that that's probably uh, probably a good point to leave that one off. Uh, if we look to Arsenal and Bournemouth, that was uh, probably the, the response that Arsenal needed, I think, after the, the real tanking they took against Liverpool. Uh, that uh, was really the, 
exactly what Arsene Wenger need to maybe get well not not get people back on side. I think you know people's minds are probably made up at the stage he's been there that long, but at least take some of the heat off himself for a while, and it it still leaves Eddie Howe without a win. It does. I think that was a very good game for Wenger to have at that time. Obviously, they go to Chelsea this weekend. Like Chelsea won three in the bounce. It's a very good chance Chelsea will beat Arsenal regardless of the result that Arsenal have just had. And if they were to go and be beaten by Chelsea, especially if they're well beaten, after being beaten 4-0 by Liverpool, that really would be crisis time. I think having six points on the board rather than three just gives them a little more breathing space. Obviously, three defeats from five, if that is how it transpires, is still a very poor start. But I think it does that result and the performance because they were a lot better than they had been arguably all season. That was probably their best performance we've seen from Arsenal since the since the Community Shield, really. So I think it was a good game for Arsenal, an important game for Arsenal. I think disappointing for born with Nettie Howe because they'd have, been, if they'd have felt hard done by against Man City they'll probably have looked back on it and think that it was something to build upon and they did like they would step backwards against Arsenal and you would start to think I still think Bournemouth will be alright but they haven't got any points and it, that's not a good place to be kicking on from from that result Yeah it was one of them games that you know Arsenal were either going to win comfortably and people will sort of leave Wenger alone for a little bit or it would be or, a banana skin. Yeah, or it would be the banana well, skin. Well, they drew 3-3 after being 3-down last year yeah, against yeah. Bournemouth. It was that, that was at Bournemouth, wasn't it? I remember watching that game. Yeah, it was. And um, they celebrated it like a win when they got the yeah, equaliser. Yeah, well, Sanchez didn't. He was fuming, yeah. wasn't he? But yeah, so Arsenal won fairly comfortably. But I I, I don't think that that changes the uh, the fans. You know, the, the the ones that want Wenger out want Wenger yeah. out, and no result. Even if if they go to Chelsea and beat them three nil, it's not going to change their minds either. No, I think uh, there's for all like we joke about sort of Wenger Arsenal, in, Wenger, Wenger out, right. Wenger in, and all sort of like the, yeah. the placards with different messages and different sides. I think there is more likely uh, the Wenger out section of the fans heard when they lose, than the Wenger in section of the fans is heard when they win. Well, Ian Wright's recently reiterated that he thinks. Wenger's not the man for the job anymore. He's not what Arsenal need. I don't think that's helpful for Arsenal here. Uh, no, like, for, former for, yeah. know, Arsenal legend saying that. Yeah, that's, like I, I don't bad. think that having that pressure on Wenger does the team any favours at all. I think Wenger, I've said this already, I think Wenger's there for the next two years. I think he will go after that. I think really the best thing for uh, supporters, and I think Ian Wright would coin himself as among Arsenal supporters, to do would be just to put their weight behind the team and obviously they can criticise per performance but to say things like that I don't think it does the team any favours No and I don't think Wenger did the team any favours by stalling his decision No far from it you saw that it was arguably as bad or certainly not far off from what happened the season before when Pellegrini Pellegrini yeah yeah, I think we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago I think we did yeah And then obviously Arsenal play Europa League tonight. Well, tonight as yeah, we record I mean, they, this. To be honest, they can't use that as an excuse for no, a can't. Well, I think Sunday. Wenger's already said he's going to feel the weak inside, as but, teams usually do in the Europa League at this stage of the competition. But so. why? They're, it's at home, and their next game is across the road, practically. It is, but I guess he wants to keep his top players fit for Chelsea. Well, then think. there is absolutely no excuse for a poor performance then, is there? No. If, if they get troused by Chelsea, then... It's down to the merits of the players who played in the day rather than down to tiredness, yeah, you'd have yeah, to say. Yeah, but 
And a lot of people complain about playing on a Thursday and then a Sunday, and I don't really get that because it happens on a Wednesday and a Saturday quite yeah, a lot. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I get it. If some of the some of the teams in the Europa League, they're they're from they're, yeah, they're flying off to Russia, Russia and like Russia and then well, it's a home and, game. So. Yeah. So, but they're at home, aren't they? And yeah, I, there's got there'd be no excuse for. Well, if we're going to move on to the next game, uh, Leicester and Chelsea, we talked about teams being unlucky and Eddie Howe possibly being a bit unlucky so far. Leicester have really been up against. They've had to play Chelsea. They've had to play Arsenal. They've had to play Man United already, and they've they've played well in a lot of these games. It's just been such a difficult start for them. Yeah, I don't think there's any pressure on Leicester or on Craig Shakespeare at this stage, simply because those were three games Leicester were probably expected realistically to lose, and the fact that they have played well, uh, especially against Arsenal, their one game they were really expected to win, Brighton, they did win comfortably. So I'm not worried about Leicester. I still think they'll probably finish mid-table. I think they've got every chance of finishing top half. Uh, they've kept Mares, where it looked like he was going to go. Uh, they did lose Drinkwater, which is obviously a blow to them. But I think Leicester will be fine, and I, w- I wouldn't be too worried. I think Chelsea will be really encouraged after, obviously, that first start where they were beaten at home by Burnley. They've won three on the bounce, Difficult games, obviously playing Tottenham, playing Leicester, uh, playing Everton as well. You look at it and say that's a difficult one. And then obviously they won 6 0 in the Champions League. Carbag, not one of the Europe's elite clubs by any stretch, and they're at home. But there's no, you can't spin 6 0 anything but positively. Like it's a great result for them. Uh, give them a lot of confidence going into the weekend. So I think things are looking good for Chelsea at the minute for talk of the club in crisis. Yeah, I, I wouldn't fancy being an Arsenal player. Currently, you know, going there, going to play Chelsea on Sunday after they've just thrashed the team six nil. You know, and Arsenal got beat what four nil by Liverpool four, yeah. recently. So, you know, we I know I, they I, can chip goals when the pressure's on. So, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be fancying that at all. Um, as for Leicester, I think Jamie Vardy said it in the post-match interview where he said that we're playing well, so the results will come. They will, yeah, and but they will, won't they? They'll have a lo- like a lot more games that'll be easier than the ones they've had yep. so far. Yeah. So I think Leicester will be all right. Yep. Well, I think that's um that's the right attitude from Jimmy Vardy. I mean, there's there's so much of this attitude now. Whenever there's a maybe a result that doesn't look so good, it has to be something wrong, and you have to throw everything out the window and change something. But sometimes, you know, it can just be not quite enough that day. But you can take on the same format, and eventually it'll 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 find its it'll find its own way, and you'll get the results you want. Yeah, if they keep doing what they're doing, they'll be fine. Okay, so looking to uh, Southampton and Watford. Uh, that was an- another strong result for, for Watford uh, away. They got the, another three points on the board. Southampton, probably not going to look at that game particularly favourably at home. Was it one shot on target and it was in like the 90th minute or something? It, it certainly wasn't far from that. Day. It was yeah. a, a disappointing performance for Southampton, certainly. I just think, think Southampton have been poor this season. I mean, that's three of their first four games they haven't scored in. I mean, really... Yeah, fair enough. They're mid-table on their points at the minute. But they've had relatively easy fixtures and I don't think they'll be in relegation trouble, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them finish sort of 15th, 16th at this stage simply because they seem to have so little incision in attacking areas. Watford have had a really, obviously, a really good start to the season. Haven't lost it, yeah. Three clean sheets. Like, I think there's a lot of encouragement for Watford that they can finish certainly in the upper mid-table and you have to say, Marco Silva's done a really good job there. So. Yeah, it'd be, uh, be hard for the... I know the owners at Watford like sacking managers, but if he gets them to, you know, 10th, 11th, 
surely that's got to be enough, hasn't it? Yeah, you'd have to think it must be. Like, uh, obviously, with uh, Santos Flores a couple of seasons ago, they had a, a good table finish at the end of it. But the second half of the season, they really tailed off. But mm. you think if uh, they can continue this this season, over the course of the season, obviously they're going to lose games eventually, like at some stage. They uh, played Liverpool, but uh, they haven't played or too many of the big sides so far. But you'd say that certainly a mid-table finish, if it's a consistent, should be enough to keep them in the job mm. if there's any rationality behind the owners. Like, so. I, th- I think on, on the flip side, though, you look at Southampton, I mean, they've had, what, four four different managers in the last four years? Uh, Well, it'll be three, because Koeman did a couple of seasons. Mm, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, like, obviously, Claude Puel... Decent finish. They finished eighth. Cup final. Got cup final. Mm. So arguably a bit harsh to sack him, but didn't seem to work out. The fans never really uh, took to him. And so far with Pellegrino, like I haven't been impressed. I think things are going to have to change. Yeah, it's a, I can't imagine the fans are going to be too inclined to detect to him because they, you know they're not scoring goals. They're yeah, not even like getting shots on target a lot of the time. All of their goals they have scored, they all came against West Ham with the worst defence in the it? league, and two of them were penalties. Yeah. yeah so. Well, if we look to Everton and Tottenham, then I think we were talking about me managers not being given time, uh, and so people getting on certain managers' backs very early on. It is remarkable, but even on social media now, there are some people getting on the back of Ronald Koeman. I'm not surprised by that because of the amount of money that's spent, and you know just the way people are now. But when you bring in that many players, it's going to take a while. Well, that's just it. I mean, it's a very different first eleven to how it was yeah, last season. Yeah. It's it's about adapting to his format. It's about getting that system to to bed in. And it seems people want an instant fix. They think it's you know we talked earlier about uh, people who are playing a bit too much FIFA. They think you just bring in quality and that'll guarantee your team success. Well, we talked about like Leicester having a hard start and despite not getting the results, the performances and no one's really worried about them no real pressure on them Everton had a very hard start as well I think the difference is with the exception of the City game performances haven't been great yeah, against Chelsea they were poor against Tottenham they were even yeah, worse were like against home uh, at home rather against a rival like you'd have to say Everton were hoping to break into the top six this year so that's Tottenham are the sort of teams that they need to beat at home if they're going to do that and really, they could have lost by more, or they were poor defensively as well as not offering much going forward. I think there's, we talked about it before as well, they're far too pedestrian. There's no one on that side, that we talk about the likes of, say, who, say, Salah and Mane for Liverpool, like who can really open defences up. It's pace, isn't it? It's just, pace is yeah. what they're lacking. Like, yeah. Well, they still have Yannick Balassi to come yeah, back. Yeah, I was just thinking about yeah. that during the week. They've still got him to come back, but I'm not sure when he's... Gonna come. He's and been for a, a long time, and yeah. that's a lot of pressure to put in one man's yeah, shoulders, like man, especially you know? when they've got spent the money. And like you have to say, they've spent money well over the summer terms of what well, they've made sense. Different. You know, they, yeah. the money's been spent on problems that you really could identify and say those are weak areas, and now they strengthen them. But that's why I do think it is about language players bed in. You know, it isn't like you've looked at the signings and thought they haven't made any sense. The signings did make sense. I don't think Koeman will be sacked anytime soon. And I'd be very yeah. surprised if he was sacked before the end of the season. And I think rightly so. He's done well from so far. They were obviously very poor under Martinez. And I think he probably will improve. But if come the end of the season, they're still a distant seventh. It, it is very hard to break into that top six. But you'd like to see better performances, certainly, than what we've seen from them in the past few weeks. But it takes time to break into the top six. I mean, it used to just be breaking into the top four. Yeah. But and then it's... And it's then City got, got their money, and yeah, then, then Tottenham obviously improved a lot. A good crop yeah. through. 
Yeah. But uh, from Tottenham's point of view, I mean, that's that's a very good away result. They, of course, um, got that win finally at home uh, against um, Dortmund. In, I in think that's week. a great result for them. That's a very good result. Kane's yeah. really far again. Yeah, Kane's getting some goals. August again, so. over and now yeah. sort of two goals in the, at the weekend and two it's against this Dortmund. It's bizarre coincidence as to crop up that um, he, he does nothing in August, but come September he suddenly starts firing in all cylinders. Yeah, I think getting that win at Wembley, especially over Dortmund, will be a real boost Tottenham. Uh, I think when they get their first league win at Wembley, that'll be a big boost to them as well. And I, obviously it's when rather than if. I don't think we'll have to wait all that long for it. So uh, Tottenham aren't nailed on for top four this year. I don't think... I think really that's... You've got three teams fighting for that fourth spot in Tottenham, uh, Liverpool and Arsenal. Any of them could get it, but Tottenham certainly, if they play like that, and if they play like the, uh, if they get the results at Wembley, you think of as good a chance as anyone. So, okay, uh, we talked earlier about um, Arsenal producing a response. Uh, Brighton against West Brom, did they produce a response that maybe fans have been waiting for in the gang of the Premier League? They've had a tough start, but I don't think anyone saw that result come in. No, I really? think there'll be very few teams put three goals past yeah, West Brom this season. They're very so, defensively astute sides. That's that's yeah, it's a good goal scoring uh, record to get against. And them. now that's uh, four points from the last two games for Brighton. They obviously got their draw with Watford as well. Ten man Watford, suppose they might be at this point not to have got more, but they've got something they can build upon now because it was looking that they were the first two games they looked out of their depth. The last two games they at least. They look like a Premier League side, which is which is what they're going to need if they're going to try and stay in the divisions. So. Well, it's going to be a really tough season for them. And uh, if I still have to call it, I do think they probably won't make the cup. But that's two results in the last two games, you could say, are very possible. That's I think having Knockhart back to full fitness yeah. is a big boost for them. So, I think uh, they'll, they'll, they'll be like a lot of teams that get relegated. They, uh, they just get the odd little result here and there yeah. and at some point in the season they could all add up you know. Uh, well at some point in the season they'll beat one of the top four somehow oh I don't know about but you, <laughs> you, you do always get shocks some, you know you do find these teams that just do that every now and then um, well Liverpool were atrocious for getting beaten by smaller sides last season yeah, yeah so uh, looking at West Brom's point of view, I mean, they'd started the season very well they'd probably look at that and think this one they definitely could have got at least one point from if not more yeah, I think they'll be disappointed. Obviously, West Brom are mid-table club. I don't think they're going to be in any trouble. Like obviously, they had a great start the season, two wins. And but in terms of keeping that going, that was another game that could have been very winnable for them on paper and just uh, didn't quite pan out that way. I think it just, hi- it just highlights the way the Premier League is, though, doesn't it? It is, of course. I mean, anyone yeah, can like there's anyone. so little between so many of the sides, really, yeah. on their day. I was reading an interesting article a few months ago uh, about... That sort of in the first half of the season, sort of up to Christmas, uh, between one and eight, there's a very clear correlation that the teams who do better before Christmas, there tends to be this they do similarly after Christmas, whereas really between uh, sort of nine downwards, there's no real clear correlation sort of between who does better when, so it would sort of suggest that. The teams are very evenly balanced and it's fine, fine margins. Well, we talked before about, you know, off-promoting sides can come out of the traps are really hot, you know, just absolutely firing all cylinders, get results that nobody was expecting. But then the second half of the season, other teams have figured them out and they aren't maybe able to keep up that level of intensity either. And you sometimes find the opposite with Arsenal, that yeah, before be a Christmas come back, they're quite, quite poor sometimes. And then after Christmas, they go on these big surges. Sometimes it can't be the opposite as well. Yeah. So Arsenal sort of typically 
great till Christmas, then the dip, then the dip, the dip. and the then springtime the dip, and then sort of recover it for top. Come sort of March, April, they they kick yeah. on, but uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so looking at uh, Stoke and Man United, that's obviously um the first points Man United have dropped. Stoke away, you know, it's considered to be quite a tricky place to go. The Britannia, uh, they can't put up a bit of a defensive wall even under Mark Hughes. They have been tricky to break down at home. Uh, I'm going to weigh in on that one. Yeah, Stoke have had a really good start to the season, though. Like yeah. uh, they obviously they beat Arsenal, good result for them to take a point uh, away to West Brom. We'd won their opening too. That's another good result, and then obviously to take a point against uh, United. Like I think I they can be very pleased with their. Yeah, I think Mourinho's got to be fuming with his defenders, though. He looked angry in that uh, post-match interview he did. Mm. And I think that kind of manifested itself in in the way he handled that talk about the handshake and the. Mm. I think Stoke were worth the point, though. Yes, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Stoke, when when Stoke play their their best, they're pretty hard side to to break down. They've got a bit more attacking flair as we talked about. You know, uh, some have have suggested that it has been at the bit, uh, but uh, at the expense of some of that uh, robustness. But I mean, the combination of the two can be quite quite good for them, especially at home when they are maybe a bit more resilient at the back. And uh, you're having to come out and leave yourself exposed, and they can counter. That's yeah. Hard, was, hard to do with. Before the season, there was a bit of just a wee bit of pressure on Mark Hughes, and I think the start of the season they've had will mm-hmm. will lift it a lot, a lot of that. So, uh, for United, they will be disappointed. That's uh, their their unbroken start of the season. They've been taking full points from all the games. That is one now they have dropped a few points on. It's allowed the likes of City and Chelsea to claw a few back on, on that race. Uh, of course, it is we talk about a difficult place to go, but. The way they've been playing, they probably would have thought they could have won that game. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they they won last night or the night before uh, in the Champions League there. So, you know, I don't think they'll be overly concerned. Well, they shouldn't be, really. I mean, you, you have to expect that you're going to drop points at some, <laughs> some stage of the season. I mean, it's as you say, Stoke's Stoke are a difficult place to go. I mean, they have this, this knack of turning teams over at some point you know I mean they beat Arsenal the other week um, yeah, a couple of years ago they beat City who were going well as well yeah and, and they absolutely destroyed Liverpool one day as well didn't they and yeah it was that, that last infamous last day of the season mm-hmm. the 6-1 yeah. so yeah yeah. I, I think on the you know for Man United I mean are, are they going to are they settled on their their centre defenders at the minute I think well, they are. I think Bay's done well so far. Well, Lindelof played in that Champions League game, and that's been yeah. I think Bay and Jones were both suspended. I think mm-hmm. uh, people were a bit surprised because Lindelof didn't play any of those opening games. They'd spent quite a lot of money on him. There was some talk that uh, in training he'd been pissing off coaches a bit, but um, he he got that game and uh, in, in midweek. I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to displace the, the defenders they're currently starting with in the league, but it. It's that uh, well, he's, he's brought himself into the team now. He's, he's shown that he can play in the Man United team quite amply. Yeah, I think like it's just another area where you know they have just ample strength and depth. Like we've still still got Rocco to come back as well, who obviously hadn't been doing that well, but then last season has started to get himself. He started to perform a bit better, and the fact that Jones, who I think we'd all or many of us sort of written off, has had probably the best sort of run of games he's had. In a long time. Uh, moving on to Burnley and Crystal Palace. I mean, the Burnley train keeps rolling right now. I mean, obviously, Crystal Palace would not be in the best form at all, and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll come mm. to that. Well, it does, but, uh, but uh, I think really the bigger story around this game is obviously that it was De Boer's last. Yeah. 
Uh, I have to say... What do you mean, the game with that one? I, I saw the game. I thought it was very clear that Palace were still a side who were playing for their manager. Uh, Palace, on a different day, got something from that game. I think overall they were the better side. It was just it was that mistake. It was that mistake. A yeah. dreadful, dread, and a manager can't legislate for that. Like no. a different a different manager isn't going to stop that mistake. And like equally, uh, Fabianski made a great save in the first half. Uh, Scott but Dan. Why missed. did he play that bas- that back pass? Because Scott Dan was still yeah in plenty of space. He could have just rolled it to him. And like in front of goal as well, like. Obviously said about Fabianski making a great save. Later on, Dan missed a great chance. Should have scored. Different day, probably does score. And those aren't down to the manager, those things. The manager can't uh, can't change tactics to make it stop a keeper making a great save to make his player score from five yards out. If even that. So I think it was very harsh. And the fact that Hodgson was pointed so quickly would suggest... It looks suspicious, doesn't it? looks it, really? to me that the They've wheels were already in motion while, before yeah. that yeah. game... Yeah. Which is farcical. I, I mean, think, w- like, you get times, like, obviously with Ranieri at Leicester or Mourinho at Chelsea or arguably now Wenger at Arsenal, where there was a time when a manager was right for the club and the time when the manager is no longer right for the club. Four games in, if his manager's not right for the club, that manager was never right for the club and really somebody at in the board should go as well there. Well, I think so. But you have to look as well and think, when he came in, there was quite a lot of optimism about this bringing this... Um, level of class and this attacking flair which maybe Crystal Palace hadn't had for a while and then he wasn't really given an awful lot to work with in terms of resources he only signed two players on permanent deals one of them was Psacco a defender and that's not going to bring a whole lot of creativity to your side I mean what do they expect him to do with those resources he isn't going to turn Pinteke into though, Lionel Messi I just wonder though was, I think in the last couple of weeks they signed a director of football and then it's Dougie Friedman who used yeah. to play at Palace, was a former Palace manager. Yeah. And I just wonder if there's been a clash there as well. Yeah, you wouldn't know. Uh, also, I think what was telling was that when they brought him in, they talked about establishing a way of playing and also they wanted a manager who would be there for long term. Now, the replacement they've gone for, Roy Hodgson, a 70-year-old, like he's not going to be there. They'll for, give him a two-year contract. Yeah, he's not going to, a manager who's going to be there for and sort of 10 years. Notoriously a very defensive, yeah, and the defensive quite a negative, negative manager. manager. Yeah. Like, so they've, they've tried to take a step forward and they've gone two steps back. Yeah. I mean, there's every chance Hodgson can make a pretty decent job, but he has done that with sort of clubs that I've before. He had a good run with Fulham when he's at West Brom, not for a very long time, but he looked doing quite well there. It is his kind of job he would take and do a pretty decent run up but there is a pretty clear limit as to how far Roy Hodgson can take a side like that I mean he's, he's never going to take a side like that and push them into Champions League football it's just never going to happen yeah but I don't think any manager is really going to take no, Palace into Champions League football but uh, not certainly not one without spending big big money which I don't think the club have but on the other side of things great results for Burnley of course obviously yeah. we talked about how Palace arguably deserved to get something from the game Burnley have had good momentum. Well, Burnley have uh, been to last season's top two and taken four points from it. They've now got another one there under their belt at the weekend. So that's seven points from three games. That's that's a really good start for Burnley, who I thought were a side, and obviously it's too early to say that they're not, but I thought were a side who could be in serious danger of relegation. But well, I, they're I not looking more, like it so far. I'm so. a bit more optimistic with my thoughts. That with, um, with that season under their belt, now they probably just been a, a little less hesitant away from home might be a bit more willing to go for it and that might throw clubs a bit at the same time I think possibly at home 
the clubs will know a bit more about them. They might know how to break down the game, but we'll see how that goes so far. Burnley and uh, Sean Dykes has really um, looked like he knows what he's doing and how to set the side up to, to get the most out of this season. Yeah, I think Burnley, I think there's there are worse teams in the league than Burnley. Yeah. Worse squads, and I think they're the ones, you know, I think Burnley will finish. I think Sean Dykes you know. definitely knows how to get the most out of his squad as well. Yeah. It's, it's been a good start for Chris Wood as well. I mean, he's got, it has, yeah, yeah, he's, he's got two him, goals. He's answered the question mm-hmm. so far. Well, so. I mean, well, it's, it's a long way to go yet, but... Um, it was a great finish, actually. I know it we, was, we, yeah. We he was about given a great chance, but like but he, was, yeah, he still had to do like yeah. keep her rushing out. Yeah. Distance. He still had to do. I mean, it's a long way to go, and of course, it's a big step up from championship to the Premier League if you can maintain <laughs> that level, but he certainly started very well out to give him that. Okay, uh, looking to Swansea and Newcastle. Um, it's exactly what's Newcastle needs. It's a good away win. It's three points. Uh, Swansea probably won't feel very good or have many positives taken from that game. No, again, it was the lack of creativity for Swansea that we talked about uh, after the United game. Like You just couldn't see where a goal was going to come from for them. Uh, obviously, Ronaldo Sanchez, his first game... Hasn't been playing a lot last season. It's going to take him time to bed in. He was involved in a lot without really influencing a lot. No, his impact wasn't huge. Uh, Bonnie's going to need time as well. He came off the bench. He's a good sort of player. He needs to build. He needs to thrive in confidence. He's going to need to have a few games to get a few more good games, sort of. He's, uh, he's taken the number two as well, which is a... Like yes, apparently for his second spell at yeah. the club, but it, it always looks wrong for me to see a striker yeah, wearing when, number when two. Full but, back number, you know? yeah, yeah, that but, is a bit strange. Yeah, uh, I'm still worried for Swansea. Obviously, they made the good, relatively good start to the season, but I, with so little creativity, this I, I hopefully Sanchez when he gets up to speed will provide that. But uh, people talk about it being a good, a good transfer window for Swansea. I, I think it's. Uh, Transfer window, definitely they lost a lot of talent in Sigurdsson and Llorente. It's questionable, like, as undoubtedly, like, as Sanchez won the young player of the tournament at the Euros a year ago, like, so we know he's got a lot of ability, but it's how he managed to translate that into on-the-pitch performances for Swansea. means we've seen how much of his old ability Bonnie still has, so I'm not sure, not sure at all. Uh, Newcastle, Obviously, had a difficult start to the season, but that's mm-hmm. two wins on the bounce for them. So maybe things are starting to look a bit better for them now. Yeah. And they certainly, based on the performances last year, you if, thought. If Swansea going to be one of those sides that the the other end of the table, I mean, it's a bit early to talk about six pointers, but that's the sort of side that they might want to put dents in as well. Well, yeah, you'd think so. Obviously, any newly promoted side, you always expect to be down that sort of end of the table. Newcastle, obviously, you've got their two wins from two now. So Expecting to kick on a bit, hopefully. But okay, looking at the West Ham Huddersfield. I mean, if any team needed the response, it was surely West Ham. They did deliver. Um, they were much the better side. I think we can all agree on that. Huddersfield's are they maybe hitting us a little bit? Well, that's a rougher patch after the, the good start. Well, I I think if West Ham didn't get anything out of that game, we might have been reading about somebody else getting yeah. sacked. Um. You imagine Billich wasn't the nice for a while there. It probably is I, not I, on the much bigger race. Still is, yeah. Um, I think we sort of called it about the international break. It might have come at the wrong time for Huddersfield, and yeah, maybe the players the right were just, time for West Ham as well. Yeah, yeah. maybe the Huddersfield players were just a bit flat. Maybe after having a week off, some of them and, and stuff. So yeah, like definitely, 
I think it was a result that was coming for both teams at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuddersfield couldn't continue to do that well, and West Ham couldn't continue to do that badly. There was obviously West Ham's first home game of the season as well. Mm-hmm. Like they obviously last that. season, the Olympic Stadium wasn't the fortress that Upton Park had been previously. But you'd hope that they'll improve that this season, the second season at the new ground, uh, their first home game, and they they got the result, and it was a decent performance from them. They deserved the win. Uh, when you look at the front line, they feel that. The, uh, the other night, it it looked good. It was always Carroll's back on the side now. So Hernandez, Carroll, and Antonio, like that's a front line that's going to trouble defenses. So. Yeah, and they're, they're all very different. So yeah, they are. So it's 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 quite an unusual kind of dynamic. Yeah, and it? if they switch about, like it's going to be difficult yeah. to defend against. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so look at the um. We've talked about some of the Champions League games, of course. Um, but uh, for teams outside the Premier League, it looks like Barcelona could well be. I mean, better to say back. That's one that's been trotted out for teams a lot, but they look like they, they might be back after a bit of a dip for a while. They, they, they are firing again. Well, I think the the problem for Barca in recent seasons, to a large extent, has been that their squad depth. They don't have the depth that Real have, and that tells when they get into the later stage of the season that they're going to have to start resting players or they're going to get tired. And you saw last year they went out in the Champions League. They were really turned over by Juventus. And then they tailed off in uh, La Liga as well. So I think it's too early to say that Barcelona are back. I mean, we know that the ability so many of those players have. I think it's an aging squad as well. I mean, so many of those star players are over 30 now. It's a new manager as well, isn't it? It is a new manager, yep. They started the season well though in in La Liga as well. Yeah, they have the top of the table there. But again, sort of once the the games will they catch up with them once mm-hmm. you get to that later stage of the season. But uh, but I mean, so yeah, it was a great performance and uh, Juve in the first half were pretty good. In the second half, much like against Madrid, they were very very much second second best. Obviously missing Chiellini and then obviously Benitez gone. Is it quite so, telling though from last season when Barcelona looked like they really struggled? To break down Juventus, no, it looks like that's something that, that was well within their grasp. Is that that some sort of missing ingredient they've now twigged? Or well, some... maybe they're a lot fresher than they were mm-hmm. earlier in the season. And as talked about, the players who Juventus were missing, Kadir was out as well. So, like, I'm not sure, but uh, obviously, like, there's no way to spin that other than being a good win for Barca and disappointing result for Juventus. But... Uh, okay, and that's uh, that's probably the only. Other Champions League game I really didn't talk about. Well, I mean, maybe look at uh, Celtic. Do you want to mention Celtic? You could mention Celtic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was always going to be a game they were really going to be up against it. Five nil. Yeah, I think sadly the all. way that European football has gone the last ten years, we yeah. really are talking about a handful of elite clubs yeah. and then the rest. Kind of and when the, those other clubs, well, it's kind of like the Premier League though. Yeah, isn't it? you think of the top seven, and then the rest is a league onto the itself. The golf is even greater. Like PSG, obviously. Like they broke the world transfer record more than double it to sign Neymar, and then they signed Mbappe. Uh, well, Mbappe. Obviously, yeah. he wasn't technically signed, but uh, because he was on a loan, but they're going to go and it's, he's going to be well over a hundred, hundred think one hundred sixty-five million. They're talking about for him, like so. Like, but he's, uh, he's looking very good so far. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a very promising. Uh, probably like it's been a long time since I've seen a player that young with that much ability. Like you're probably talking maybe even Messi. The last time we saw a player with that much ability at that age, but. Because uh, there is one story that we haven't mentioned is about the Premier League clubs agreeing the to close the transfer window, the transfer window yeah. earlier. Yeah. To me, however, 
the rest the, of Europe has yeah. on. Well, I, I, I like the idea. The I like the idea. I have to say, but if it's not going to work well if other no. if other teams are still able to come in from. And I think mm-hmm. even the football league hasn't agreed that they're going no, to be closing no, no, theirs. It's only the Premier League. Yeah. It's, so therefore, like either really, way, I, st- I still do like it. It's, it's a good idea, but I think really for it to work in practice, mm. I it's well, going to need. You could be losing players and maybe not being able to replace them because of other clubs from abroad coming in. But I do still approve it because if you look, at it has happened before. Deadline day panic signings and all that. If, well, if there you, still will be deadline. Oh yeah, day. yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Um, it means that you you know what you've got before the season started, and once that starts. You know, tough shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll say I, I like the idea, but I'm skeptical as to how well it'll work mm. with it not being a UEFA. I, th- well, I, th- well, I think it levels it, the playing field a bit. Look at it club. this way, though. If um, if it had been in force this season, um, what's to stop Coutinho going? Yeah. And yeah. then Liverpool wouldn't be able to replace it. Well, at the end of the day, though, Liverpool, stage, Liverpool said no. So uh, they've arguably they've been even more determined to say no yeah. with... Uh, and the Sanchez deal obviously didn't go through because they couldn't get Lamar. Well, they were never going to have got Lamar no. if they weren't allowed to sign. So we'll see how it goes. But I like the, I like the idea what I'm skeptical I think it levels the playing fix. It means at the start of the the summer when the transfer window opens, everyone knows what, what the problems are in their, their squad. And they will do their best with their scouting system and and their knowledge of the club and the players that they want to bring in. And they'll try and sort those. What stops happening is you don't get two games into a season and the clubs who have enough money to panic by go and panic by the players they need to fill it and then the clubs who haven't got that kind of money can't do that. I think it means it puts more emphasis on finding the right players at the right price and making that your priority rather than being able to wait and see, test the water first. When when does it normally... It normally opens at the start of July, isn't it? Uh, yeah, the start of July. Because yeah. um, what kind of causes a lot of problems is when there's a tournament on during the summer. Yeah, and you got players away at that. Yeah, that that, that makes it, and I, I suppose that's one of the reasons. This is why a World maybe, Cup year as well. Yeah, it's maybe one of the reasons why it runs a bit later, you know, into the season and stuff. But you know, and then sometimes you get a player that's had a really good tournament, and then everyone's trying to sign him as well. So you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it'll work very well for the Premier League clubs if no one else agrees to it, because mm-hmm. I think that. It will really be enforced across it's, the board. It's almost to get the just going to be like five finger discount for European teams. They're yeah. just going to say, "Oh, they can't replace that player." Yeah, we'll have him. Now, that not only strengthens our squad, but it weakens theirs, and they're a Champions League or Europa League rival. So, uh, if we look ahead to the coming games and then make our predictions, uh, Bournemouth at home to Brighton, as we talked about earlier, that's, that's well, sort of a derby down there. Uh, you sort of feel it's. We have to get some. They have yeah. to, yeah. But at the same time, have Brighton just kickstarted their own yeah, season? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, it's like you think very difficult that, to call that. If that was, if we were predicting this and this had been happening a week earlier, a week earlier yeah, I'd, have, I'd have said Bournemouth. But uh, I think I'm yeah. still going to say yeah. Bournemouth. I'm, go- I'm going to say 2-1 to Bournemouth because I think there's too much quality in that side and they've been too good for a few seasons now for it not to happen for them at some stage. And I know Brighton have kicked on, but I think... Bournemouth being at home and needing the result, I'm going to say 2-1 to Bournemouth. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that. I think they're due something to come up with them. They've been pretty unlucky. I, I, they were pretty bad against Arsenal, but in general, they haven't played that bad this season. I think they're they're due something. And I think it could be 2-1. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be 1-1. 1-1? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's just going to be... Okay. Um, no, this, this could be an interesting one because... Uh, it could be interesting but boring at the same time because uh, <laughs> interesting from the uh, outsider's point of view looking at it but uh, 
Crystal Palace versus Southampton, you might not see many goals out of that one. No, that's got nil nil written all over it. It could well be. I mean, yeah. as a first Hodgson game, not wanting to lose, just get yeah, some points on the board. You know? Palace are at home. Palace are at home. It just, just look like it's something more on the board. I fancy Palace to get that. Southampton have been poor this season. Like, really. I, oh, they've I, been very poor, yeah. yeah I, and I think new manager effect and the sort of. Yeah, I'm going to say 1 0 Palace. I think Palace will get something there. If 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 Palace change their, their setup and they uh, they just hoof it into the box. Which I think they will under Hodgson. Yeah. Been taking the corners, which is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's obviously in reference to Harry Kane doing that. Harry Kane, yeah. 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 Um, no, I, I think that would be unlikely. Um, if they just hoof the ball into the box, Benteke is bound to score at some point. So. Yeah, m- they maybe like to Dan as well. Who are yeah, yeah. Up pieces, so. I, I, yeah. I could see it being a draw. Maybe not nil nil. Maybe more like a one one. But I think if you no, look, I, I don't think Southampton will score. Mm. No, I, I think I, if anyone scores, it'll be Palace one nil. I think. I just think uh, Arsenal be very desperate to get some is that point the lun- takeaway. Is that the lunchtime kickoff on Saturday? It is. It's a half twelve on the Saturday. Yeah. Right, I'll probably not watch that then. <laughs> <laughs> I probably will. I'll, I'll take the head that head for this team. But <laughs> um, no, I just sort of feel like Hearts me very, very determined to get something to take away yeah, from that game. Yeah. He's not an attacking manager. Could be there for the taking if he wants it badly enough. I think he'd be a bit more cagey than that. Look to get something for for to, to take away and put some points on the boards. I I think could be quite a tentative nil nil. I think it could be just. So you're going 0-0 England? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going, I think I'm going to go 1-0 Palace. I'm going to go 1-0 Palace as well. Okay, if we look at um, Huddersfield versus Leicester, uh, Huddersfield are at home. They were hit with a bit of that um, reality check. I think maybe, uh, it'd be very early to say that um, their run is now over, but it was a bit of reality check, bringing them back down to earth. That the, the Premier League is, is going to be a real challenge for them. Leicester, of course, have been playing well and been a bit unlucky could it be the the moment of finally clicks for Leicester in the start it's to hard it? to know because Huddersfield like they had been playing well yeah, in those, that well, run yeah. and but Leicester have been playing well if it was, mm-hmm. a, it was at the King Power I would definitely say Leicester I think I'm just going to edge Leicester and say 2-1 to Leicester yeah that's what I was thinking there yeah. I, think that they've, I think they've been playing pretty well without getting much out of it um, I think I think they'll have too much for Huddersfield. Uh, I think it'd be two 0 Leicester. I could see. Um, I just think Leicester have been due something a bit better than they've been getting. It's been a bit unlucky for them and Huddersfield. Well, maybe they've been ha- very good teams. I think Huddersfield yeah. as well have been playing have been a bit lucky and maybe just uh, haven't been tested quite enough yet. So I th- I think Leicester could win that one two 0 I think they could be comfortable ish in that game. Okay, a uh, bit of a bias here personally, but Liverpool Burnley. How do you think that one's going to go? Well, this was a sort of game that Liverpool yep. really struggled in the last exactly. season. I believe Burnley beat them last season. They, they last definitely season. did. Season season before. Before. Yeah, they did yeah. beat them last season. Was it a turf moor or at Anfield that they beat them? It was a turf moor, yeah. It was, um, I think it was the second game of the season. Just this after was at Anfield. Yeah. I'm going this to give game. Liverpool the benefit of the doubt simply because they needed the result after the two bad results. Yeah. I'm going to say 1-0 Liverpool. A bit like the Palace game, yeah. But mm. I would not be at all surprised if oh. I was wrong about that because really, who, who they're not a side that I like to back Liverpool no, because they're so unpredictable. And no one really knows how they're gonna. Yeah. What, what side's gonna turn up each week at the moment? So. And ha- yeah. has been that way for years now. It's always hard to to back Liverpool to get a clean sheet. Yeah, yeah, uh, it is. So that said, they've got is it 
Yeah, they've got two clean sheets this season against. Uh, so it is possible Arsenal they've got them in Palace. there occasionally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they like, can do it. And like Burnley aren't prolific by any stretch. No, scratch, but so. I mean, I'd say that they've got Chris Wood who's doing well. It's, they do. Yeah, that's a big man in the box. They could put crosses into set pieces. But do they have pace to counter against Liverpool? I'm not yeah. sure they do. So oh, it would be set pieces. They'll be yeah, looking set to corners to uh, take advantage of. Like you'd think that Liverpool will dominate possession. Burnley will sit deep, which could be problematic for Liverpool with with say depend a lot on their pace. That said, with Mane out and Coutinho in, Coutinho does have a bit of guile about him. He can unlock defenses. Well, that's, that's a good game I'm, for Coutinho to come back, and you expect he will obviously play in the Champions that's League. That's why I could so. see it happen. I think um, Burnley would be quite resolute defensively. I think they'd probably look at that and not really we'll sit deep with two yeah, bangs of forward. I'm, I'm not sure how well they're going to take the game in Liverpool, but they could certainly box them out of it quite well. As the game goes on, I think Liverpool might just have the, the quality and uh, just a bit more pace just to maybe unlock it at the end. I think it could be one nil Liverpool. That's me actually being a bit optimistic because that is the sort of game that has troubled Liverpool in the past, but I think Liverpool will unlock it in the end. Okay, I'm going one nil Liverpool. You're going one Liverpool, Rob? Mm. You see, I I don't know. I think I think Burnley might sneak a goal there, but I, I don't see don't see them winning. Um, I'm, I'm going to go one one. You know, just. Yeah, anything could happen with Liverpool. They're just that sort of side. Yeah, yeah. And, and and anything can happen with Burnley. I mean, they got a point. Yeah, I suppose. Like, yeah, they've so. had two very difficult away games already. And yeah. I mean, they, they beat Chelsea in the they beat Chelsea day, drew like, with Tottenham. I think yeah. Chelsea in the first half really were kicking themselves because they. And obviously, that was nine man Chelsea yeah. as well. Like, but, uh, even so, uh, looking at Newcastle, that's three o'clock Saturday as well. Uh, Newcastle at home to Stoke. Stoke have been doing well. Newcastle suddenly have. Find themselves a couple of wins as well recently. This is a tough one to call. Well, yeah, though. very tough one to call. Mm. I can see it being a draw. Yeah, I could see a red card in there somewhere. You know, just maybe well, if, if Mitrovic is available, then mm. yes, yeah, it's definitely um, a red card for the taking. John Joe Shelby's available yeah. again as oh, well. well so, yeah. yeah, Ryan Shaw crosses yeah. back in the next. Yeah, you'd like to it's, think it's not impossible that, that hopefully he won't. But uh, yeah, and, and there's no guarantees that he'll play either. Like Newcastle no. have done rightly without him, sort of. And and he did go to he did go to anger management classes after that right. first red card. Well, so I, just, I wonder um, if they've helped. But you think he's bound to have been at them before? He's had so many incidents, <laughs> yeah. like sort of. But you think yeah. at least for the first game back, he might be on his best behaviour. For a it's bit not there, even yeah. just sort of like there are players who'll get pick up red cards. Because they're just hard players, they go in hard, and sometimes they go big a bit far. He's got yeah. a bit of a dirty he's strike got, about it's him. Dirty, he's just, he's just it's nasty, dirty yeah. things like the John Joe Shelby yeah, was the, to me not on. Yeah, the, the, it was the stamp, wasn't it? Yeah. The, uh, and then um, he stamped before. He stamped mm-hmm. on a Liverpool player a couple of years back when he was playing for Swansea. I think and I remember so. him uh, elbowing someone as well. Yeah, uh, I think he sent up against United at one stage, wasn't he? I think that, that one was a bit more dubious. Possibly, the I think it was just uh, a bit more of an atmosphere that might have mm-hmm. got to him, but I think. I, th- I think there, there was a game against United. I think for Liverpool, he was sent off. I think you're right that there could be a red card. I yeah, mean, it's I'd, it's the kind of game where you could see mm, one. There's a lot, of, vol- you could a lot be of volatile quite physical people in there. there. Yeah. I think I'm going to call it one-one. If I think, yeah, I think, I think that yeah. would be fair. I think one-one would be fair. Yeah. So we all we're all one one ers for this. I think one-one. Yeah. So if if either side takes three points, that they can consider a very good three points to take. That's yeah, the hard game to take a win out of. Okay, so Watford at home, of course, have been playing. Well, recently Great to start, start the season, season, yeah. But they are hosting Man City. Yeah, we've hmm. we've been excellent recently. Been excellent recently. Yeah. Uh, after, oh, well, I suppose they've only mm. dropped the one po- point. It could be an exciting game because Watford ha- have been coming out to attack. I think Silva's got them playing quite 
pleasant football to watch. But um, uh, three clean sheets as yeah. well. Like it's not at the expense of defence. I don't feel at all good about predicting Watford to lose when they've done so well. But I'm, it's hard not to back City. It is not. always hard yeah. not to back City. Like uh, they're all a bit of over a the course of the season. I'm probably going to back City to win 35, 36 times. Obviously, yeah. they won't do it because nobody wins that much. But mm. th- they're, they're that good on paper. Well, like, but who do you see beating them? You know, well, uh, I obviously didn't have an episode last week, but I did think Liverpool would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, moving on. Moving on. Uh, I I think two one to City this week. So it could be more than that. I think I think could we see goals in this game? I think it'd be three two or something like that. I think is as two says you're really gonna come play. You know? I think so, you know when you get teams, uh, well some sort of teams. You know Watford being one of them that have had a few clean sheets. Yeah. You um, you know when you you do to concede we, almost. Yeah, yeah. We say that Leicester are due like a good win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you think that a side is due to get an absolute batter in. Yeah. Now I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. saying that Watford will. Take but they an could absolute, concede a few. But it could be their day when when they have a bad day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I don't know I. I think City are pretty decent. I yeah, don't, I don't think they'll take much from it, but I think they they will give them. I think, yeah, as you say about back in City because they're so strong on paper. I mean, I I, I think I think City will win. I think it'll be, I think maybe three one. Okay, so moving on to uh, West Brom and West Ham. Um, well, I mean, definitely West Brom made the stronger starts. But West Ham have had a bit of a response now. I think Billich knows how much pressure he has. West Brom at home, you feel very difficult to break that one down. I mean, that's that's going to the Hawthorns. People yeah, can race up aside the defense. After last week's result for West Brom, they're gonna be they're not gonna ship goals again. No. no. Not uh I think I think it's gonna be a Tony Pulis one nil. I think it could even be a nil nil potentially. Mm. Although obviously West Ham, West Ham had, had a poor defense. Well prior to the mm. Huddersfield game, they conceded ten goals in three games, so obviously they were pretty porous. You, you feel it's been one being away. Billich might be content enough to take four points from two games. That's it. I suppose West Brom haven't failed to score so far this mm-hmm. season. That's true. I mean, that's that's more potency than we yeah, used to from West Brom. Yeah. Only kept the one clean, or two clean sheets, just two one nils mm-hmm. at the start of the season. Uh, They've been a bit more daring. Yeah. I, you know, you said I, I might even go one all, one all in that case. Mm. Like I, th- I, I think that, I, that I front line is dangerous. That, that West Ham front line, like I, I could see it being a one all draw as I well. Think I think it could be know, a one all. I would hope for the good of the game that West Ham score first if they are to score. Oh, yeah, if West Ham score first, yeah, first they'll shut off yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how uh, aggressive Pillage is going to be in looking for this win. I mean, you, of course, you know, you take a win if you can get one, but you, you don't want to leave yourself to expose when you're on as thin ice as he is. He might be quite content to take the away points, four points from two games. Not it's too never bad. really been the way that West Ham have played no, under Pillage, though. They've but, generally uh, gone for the win, sometimes got it, sometimes lost. I, I could see it being I think one, this one. time they could go for it and then one and end up one all. So then what, you say one all as I well? I say one all as well, but for different reasons. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I'm going one nil West Brom. Okay. Okay. Uh Tottenham and Swansea. Uh Tottenham at home. That just off the back of that win over Dortmund. Of course it's a very good result. Swansea looked really quite timid against Newcastle and not particularly threatening at all. Hard to see this one not being a Tottenham victory. No, the, the, have, the only thing in the way is yeah. the Wembley thing, isn't and it? You feel but just they won, ha- they won the Champions League. Having beaten Dortmund, yeah. a better side than Swansea midweek. 
Kane scoring what four in the last two games? Yeah, I think it's Tottenham September will be really buzzing at the minute. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're going to steamroll them yeah, a little bit. It could be three nil or something. Yeah, it could be another three nil. It could be yeah. two three nils in a row for them. I'm going to go two nil, two nil to Tottenham. Okay. Chelsea and Arsenal on the Sunday. That's half one the Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, this is a very difficult one, isn't it? It is, because on the face of it, you would say Chelsea all day long, but the last two appearances, Arsenal have really done a job on them. Yeah. You'd think maybe Conte will have learned a bit from that home advantage. I still I still fancy Chelsea more. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm looking at and saying... I'm, I'm going to say 2-1 Chelsea. Arsenal do have a habit of getting the odds beating from a bigger side, you know, going up against a top five side, top six side, and just not even really contending sometimes. I'm not saying that's quite what will happen, but I don't think they're going to have enough to, to handle Chelsea when, you know, Chelsea playing at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea have been doing really well. I think Morata has been excellent so far. Uh, Hazard's available for selection as well. Yep. yep. So I'm inclined to say it could be 3-1 Chelsea. Yeah, I was thinking a 3-1 myself. Yeah, just think they're too. They'll be too strong, especially after putting six past the side. Yeah, you know, and they've the had the extra day to recover mm-hmm. with Arsenal playing on the Thursday and yeah. Chelsea playing on the yeah. Wednesday. So. And the last game of the program well, was Chelsea even playing the Tuesday, did they? No, they Chelsea. Chelsea they might have done. Yeah, yeah, I think they I can't even remember. And the yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah, last game of the program would be United and Everton. United at home. Everton again. You sort of feel I've been a bit unlucky at times. I mean, this is part of their hard start continues, but. Um, I mean, are they, are they doing something or is it just going to be another game which is just a bit too much for them? I don't like to talk about teams being due something too often. Mm. Like, generally, if you lose because the other team is better, obviously there are exceptions, but I don't think we can say that Everton are due anything. They've well, they've had very tough games that you are you expected them to maybe lose. Maybe more than most clubs because they have players betting in. In the most literal sense, they could be due something when those players finally click. Well, maybe, but I don't think... It, See it coming this weekend. Mm. I think this will be no, no. I mean, no guarantees, of course. But uh, I'm going to say two nil to United. Mm. I think it'd be closer. I'd say I'd say two one. I think United will still win it, but I think Everton might give them a bit better a game than the. I mean, you saw against Man City, they, they gave them quite a good game that day. They were a bit unlucky not to win that one. Rooney, Rooney's homecoming as well. Yeah, oh well. You'd expect them to get a great reception from the fans. Mm. Like so. at the same time, uh, they don't well, just well, wind I'm them sure up. I'm sure there'll be a fair few chants uh, in relation to his recent. Uh, drink, driving, drink driving yeah. incident, yeah. But um, well, if if he gets wound up, you know that that could be in trouble as well because he's he's not as effective when he's sent off. Well, I, I, no, I, I don't think uh, I don't think he'll. Yeah, get, you, get you that, like think he's the maturity now at his age that he wouldn't. Well, you would think he would have a bit of maturity at the age of thirty-one, drink but all, he's yeah. just caught drink driving, isn't but, he? Uh, well, at least on the field where he's well, he does that every week. He might be thick-skinned enough not to. To rise to anything like that, you would think so, wouldn't you? Uh, I'm calling us two one to United. I See, think I'm, I'm giving them a good game. I'm not sure what to, what way to go with this one because, you know, United dropped points last week, and I just wonder if uh, they're going to have that kind of curse that they had at Old Trafford last year, where they really struggled. so many one ones. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Theater of draws it was called for a while. I don't think there's the evidence for it so far. That's no, right. not so far. I, I, I just think two two nil United. Yeah, <laughs> just. Just because they've been playing better this season, it doesn't mean they can't kind of it fall hasn't back been the into toughest, that. You know, yeah. the, 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 the start games hasn't that they had were, 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 you know, 
easier games, mm-hmm. weren't there? So. Everton and Sony had a lot more compete against and, and they were then, fixtures. Everton were absolutely terrible yeah, last week. They were. So that's that's why it kind of makes it a bit difficult. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I guess United will probably end up winning that. Maybe maybe 2-1, yeah. Dep- uh, depends how Everton are playing tonight, aren't they? Yeah. So, you know, and I would imagine he's going to put out a good squad. I mean, he's he's got a fairly big squad yep, now. Yeah, that's um, so, probably a lot of what, why he assembled such a big squad. Is to uh, they're away as well, squads. aren't they? They're, away, they're in Italy, aren't they? Uh, I think they're playing yeah, Atalanta. Atalanta. Yeah, Atalanta, yeah. I'll try yeah, this so. Atalanta, yeah. Okay. Um, um, well, I suppose that's, that's probably pretty much all the games wrapped up. Is that all the games? Oh, that's all the quicker this time. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I guess that's uh, us for this week. Uh, join us next week when we will kick more balls. Thank you.